Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sync with the Sealed. We're very excited to bring you back some more content. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Today we're doing a little bit different episode today. We are going to be doing kind of a Q&A format. Uh, we posted on our Instagram page today a question prompting all of our listeners who are on Instagram to send in some questions that they have for us regarding relationships, dating, marriage, anything above or in between all of those subjects there. So we received a ton of responses, way more than we can go over in just one episode. But we picked out three or four of them, and we're going to break down some answers for you guys here to these questions. So before we dive in, we just want to give a shout out to all of our wonderful listeners who are coming back week after week to listen to the episodes and also all the wonderful people that are leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to do so. Yes, we're really grateful also for those who are following us on Instagram. That's our main source of content to reach out to you guys and for you guys to uh, talk to or communicate with us. So if you're not already following us on Instagram, make sure you do so. So you can ask us questions. We often respond fairly quickly. And a lot of our content that we put out for our podcast are up to date. We don't record a lot of our episodes way in advance. So again, these questions that we're asking are literally just the day before we're putting out this information. So I don't know if that's always the best thing that we're not so far ahead, but (laughs) I just like the idea of being current and being in the now. And so that's kind of how the podcast is run. So um, again, all these questions were just given to us this Sunday night. So that's the day before you're hearing this podcast. So Mm -hmm. it's important that people are following us on Instagram so that when we ask these questions, they can be right in the mix of affecting the outcome of these podcasts. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. Perfect. So the first question we're going to talk about is, how do I push my boyfriend to ask the big question? I have anxiety waiting slash knowing if he wants to. We've talked about before taking initiative. In this podcast, if if we're just going to sit around and hope that somebody's going to pop the question, you might be waiting longer than you want. I don't think there's anything wrong with a couple that feels like they're in this position where they're going to be getting engaged soon to be talking about engagements, to be talking about getting married. So due to the nature of this question, I don't know if you guys have already talked about getting married. So I don't know if you're hoping he's just going to say, okay, marry me now. (laughs) I don't know the extent of this background, but hopefully by this point, you guys have already talked about marriage. We highly recommend that people talk about marriage and marriage life and wanting to be married before somebody even proposes to you in the first place. Yeah. So from what it sounds like, like Jerry mentioned, you guys haven't really talked about marriage very much or your future together, which is something we highly encourage you to do. So it kind of seems a little nerve wracking to just bring it up. (laughs) in your relationship if it's never really been talked about before. But the only way that it will start to feel more comfortable and you'll have less anxiety surrounding it is if you slip it into average normal conversation. I know when Jerry and I were even, I think in our first month or two of dating, I would 
just randomly slip into conversation like, oh, when we get married or if we get married or when we have our own family, how do you want to do this? Or how would you handle this? And when you do it kind of slyly like that, without tons of pressure, then you're inviting the person you're dating to join in on this conversation to discuss what a potential future with them might look like. And that can invite that ease of conversation surrounding marriage and being together, of course, long term. And that gives them the opportunity to say, oh, yeah, okay, marriage with this person might be kind of nice. And make it seem like you're interested in them as a future partner because he or she, depending on who sent this in, might not even know that you were thinking about marriage already if you haven't talked about it, even in passing. So they might be just as nervous as you are to bring it up. So just slip it into the, the casual conversation and let the conversation just go where it's going to go from there. I would also say that there are different ways that uh, girls tend to want to be proposed to. Yeah. You know, I would, I would go ahead and say that it's not a terrible thing if a girl wants to propose to a guy, but most guys would surely recommend that they be the one to propose. And I think most girls want to be proposed to as well. Um, but there's there's a lot of different ways that that, that that can happen. And especially as it pertains to, to the ring, Brianna and I actually went ring shopping. So after we knew we wanted to get married, we kind of went ring shopping and said, you know, if I went, if and when I decide to get engaged, I'd like to know what kind of ring you want. And so I can pick her something that she's going to really appreciate and have to wear in her hand all the time. I don't want her to wear something that's ugly. <laughs> Even though she loves me anyway, she would just accept it. I'd rather have something that she really likes. And so because of that, she knew it was on my mind. She knew it was something that would be coming up probably relatively soon. And so a lot of our experiences we see from engagement can be on TV where someone's like, oh my gosh, and they cover their mouth like, this is crazy, he's proposing to me. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. I think in most cases that's not good or, or that's not the situation. It's probably because, you know, they had talked about it, they're excited about it, but you never know when they're going to actually pop the question. And that's where that feeling comes from. It's like, wow, they, they actually popped it, you know? And so I think this also avoids situations where people can be awkward or be rejected from engagement like when we see these terrible instances where people are crying or they're just running off the scene because they're like no I don't want to be married this is because they didn't have that conversation beforehand (laughs) and I promise you you do not want to be in that situation so make sure that those feelings are mutual make sure you've talked about it before you get anywhere near the idea of popping the question And I would hope if you're already considering marrying this person that you feel comfortable having tough conversations with them. If you don't, then I would say you're not quite ready to marry them anyways, Um, because you shouldn't feel nervous bringing up marriage to them and trying to define your relationship. If you really do love this person, you guys have been dating for a while, even just being blunt about it and saying, hey, I really love you. And I'm just trying to get a feel of where we're at in our relationship and trying to understand where you see us in a year from now. Um, do you see us getting married? And if so, what is your ti- like preferred timeline? When would you like to get married? And just be honest with them. If they say, whoa, 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 that's too soon, I'm not ready for that, then say, where would we have to be in our relationship for you to feel ready for something like that? And just say, you know, I, I would like to get on the same page as you. And have that frank conversation. If it makes you nervous, have that conversation while you guys are stargazing or something where it's dark and you don't have to look right into their eyes. 
<laughs> or something like that where you're not feeling that intense pressure. Um, but do it some, but do it sooner rather than later. Don't wait months upon months upon months because then it's going to feel even more nerve wracking bringing it up at all. I agree with that, and I think that about wraps up that uh, question there. Yeah, we hope we answered that well for you. <laughs> okay, next question is, I feel I'm stuck, not finding anyone, and I'm putting in effort. How can I not be discouraged? And then someone else replied and said, I'm putting the effort in with dating but not seeing results, and it's gotten me discouraged. Advice? Yeah, there's a few others that are like that too, so it sounds like a lot of you guys out there are being discouraged, and I promise that you're not alone. I think with every single time that I would have a situation where I would end up breaking off something or dates didn't go well, you, I find myself being slightly discouraged just because you've made this effort, you made this stride, and then you get rejected. You know, we've talked about the importance of always keeping your head up and realizing your worth is one of the number one ways to overcome this feeling of discouragement, knowing that you're worth it that there's somebody out there that will care for you, that will love you. And the reason that this is happening is because you haven't found that person yet. And so think about it like this. If you could find somebody who's to be with you forever, who's to be somebody who's going to make you happy for the rest of your life, I'd rather have 200 rejections for the next three years just to find that person, you know, rather than settle with somebody else along the way. I really love that, that perspective. I think it's really important to change things up if you're feeling like you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result you know they say that's insanity right (laughs) so if you've been doing a lot of the same things you're really putting in a ton of effort but not seeing any results change things up do things different if you've you've been relying heavily on dating apps possibly for the past I don't know six months or something and haven't really seen any true connections be formed See what other ways you can meet people. Maybe there's some different ways you could put yourself out there to possibly meet different types of people than you've been being exposed to during this past however long you've been trying to date and to try different ways to meet different people. Um, I think we talked about this before in a previous episode. In my mission, we did the 10 ways to find, which we would write down 10 different things we would do that week. And we'd a lot, like an hour for on a certain day and we'd pray to the Lord and say, Lord, we're going to be walking in this park, handing out pamphlets for an hour on Tuesday at this time, please send someone prepared to us. <laughs> so I highly encourage you guys to come up with different ways to find. You don't have to come up with 10 ways and it doesn't have to be blocked into your schedule like we did as missionaries, but look at the ways you're using to find people and see where you can change things out and come up with different ways. If, if like I said, you're only using dating apps, maybe you can go to dances or you can be more active in the different activities that your ward is doing. Uh, maybe you can put yourself out there and ask around to some friends if they have any guys that they could set you up with on a date to go out with. And just kind of try the different avenues that you have open to you as options to meet and connect with new people. Also a reminder is if you're feeling discouraged because you're putting yourself out there and feeling that rejection, you are already succeeding at dating because you are being vulnerable and you are making an effort and you are taking time to seek connections. And that is already a huge step ahead of the game of a lot of people right now that are trying to date because you are putting in that effort to connect 
and you're feeling that discouragement, which is totally normal. Yeah, Brianna's over here reading my mind because that's the very thing that I had um, in my head too. And that's that we have to make sure the way that we're measuring our success in dating is also realistic and one that can be optimistic. And so we can be happy with the fact that we're failing or that we are being rejected rather than never going on any dates. So there's definitely a perspective change that can be put there. Everybody knows that Jerry likes the word perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all about keeping that perspective. So when you see that you're not getting this result, think about what that means. Like think about the result instead is, you know, I am getting results. I am meeting, meeting new people. I am learning what I like. I'm learning what I dislike. I know that I'm waiting for somebody because of this. And all those things are very good. So keep those in mind. Keep your head up. And remember to continue to date. And also remember that what is meant to be will not pass you by. If you're making an effort and you're truly seeking those connections, the Lord will bless you. And you will not miss out on your person. That's a promise. And we would also encourage you guys to... Like Brianna said, along with the finding, you know, just praying in general for that encouragement to continue and also you know, praying that you can find what will help you find more joy in your dating experience. And that's what Single to Sealed podcast really is all about, that there's a lot of us feeling fear, anxiety, sadness, and even distaste for dating because of our experience, our mentality with it, or just the kind of the way that dating is being portrayed um, in today's day. And so we are trying to flip that. We want people to have joy in their experiences and to be able to change their mentality, to be able to see all these things as stepping stones to get you to this to this bright vision that you have in the future. So, I just want to add one last note to that. I think a lot of times we're measuring our success of dating on whether or not we're engaged or married. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it because our success dating isn't measured by whether or not we hit the home run and get married, you know, and we're not just dating to be married. Like Jerry said, we're dating for the experience of getting to know ourselves and getting to make true connections and friendships. And if marriage becomes of dating, that's amazing. And that is a beautiful thing. And that ultimately is our end goal. But that does not mean that we are unsuccessful at dating if we don't get married right away. It just means that we haven't found the right connection for us yet. So you are still successful. You are still making that effort and putting in that time and putting yourself out there and still having successes if you are not married yet. Speaking of successes, we do want to give a quick shout out to Lindy.Cherry on Instagram because although we were asking for questions about the podcast, she just wrote in instead and said, I don't have a question, but I just got engaged. So congratulations. (laughs) That's really exciting. And we really hope that some of that success came from the podcast. So thanks for listening to the podcast and let us know, write us back. And after you listen to this (laughs) and let us know uh, some things you like about the podcast and how you feel like the podcast helped you. We'd, we would definitely like to know that. Yeah, for sure. So thanks, Lindy. Okay, so we're going to move on to our final question of the night. And even though this is our final question, and we know we didn't get a chance to get to all of the questions that you guys have, uh, we will always keep the questions that you guys send us and topics that we talk about in mind for just future topics on a whole podcast itself. So just because your question is not answered tonight didn't mean we didn't see it. We just picked out a couple for tonight that uh, we decided that would be best. Yeah, so our final question is, 
How do I balance between holding high expectations versus unrealistic ones? Now, looking at these two different types of expectations or standards, unrealistic and high, I think one of the hugest distinctions, in my mind that is, is unrealistic would be, in my opinion, a comparison. So unrealistic expectations come from comparing someone to this idea of perfection and who they should be in our mind. High expectations is acknowledging who a person is or who the people we're dating are and holding them to a certain level of standards of respect and love and, you know, basic human decency that we demand from those that we date. So to give you an example, uh, unrealistic expectation would be that the person we're dating is never late because we hate when people are late and they are never allowed to be late. And if they're late even one time, that means they don't care about me. Because in our mind, the perfect man or woman will never be late, ever. But that's not taking into account that people are human and people make mistakes and life happens. And so if we are looking for someone, but we have high standards, we would expect someone to treat our time with respect. But we would also allow for human error and also allow for mistakes to be made. And that's the difference is I think we're not comparing someone to this perfect image of how our spouse has to be in our mind. And if they make even one mistake, then they've ruined everything, you know, and just understanding that we deserve that respect and the ultimate standard we should require of someone we're dating is respect and love from them. Yeah, I really like that example, Brianna. And uh, something on my mind is we should be setting goals for other people that aren't unrealistic for ourselves. There are, there are certain things that are that are deal breakers for sure, but you just you just don't want to be want them to be things that can potentially ruin, you know, really really good um, relationships. Yeah, and I think that unrealistic expectations for a relationship tend to fall into the category of like having this set list of how our significant other has to be. And if they're not exactly all of these things, then it won't work. And that can be something as simple as saying, he must be six foot five and have blue eyes and work in accounting and have a perfect sense of humor, always be on time, you know, clean shaven, I don't know, (laughs) super cleanly and like organized at home. And just the list goes on and on, right? Whereas I think it's an important to be open to true connection that we can feel with a variety of different people. The man that might be best for you or the woman that might be best for you might not be a strawberry blonde, might not have blue eyes <laughs> and freckles, and might be totally different than you would ever expect. But kind of to tie back into what we're trying to get across to you here is that the most important qualities that we're looking for in a spouse are not what they look like or how much money they have in their bank account or different things like that. What you're looking for deep down are deep ingrained qualities that are going to benefit your relationship. So just because they don't have a million dollars in their account, they can still be financially stable or good with money or responsible. Um, And so looking at it from a different point of view than just setting out a set list of things that they have to meet. And if they don't, then, oh, you won't work. So like checking a box. And that's how dating shouldn't be. It shouldn't be about checking a certain 
list or checking off the box to say, okay, he meets everything I need or she meets everything I need because that ultimately won't lead to happiness. What you're doing is you're looking for someone who makes you feel respected and cherished and loved, whether you're a man or a woman. That's what you're looking for. And I think we need to ditch the list. We need to ditch the expectations of how they need to act in every single scenario and every single moment. And we need to look for someone as who they are in their heart and as who they're showing us they are. One quote I love that my friend Lori always says is she says, when someone shows their true colors or shows you who they are, believe them. And I think that's a good thing to live by when you're dating. A person will show you who they are. And if it's not someone that you can be with and they don't meet the standards that you expect from yourself and from them, then you know that you should not be with them. But like Jerry said, be upfront with what you expect in a relationship and do some self-evaluation. Ask yourself, could I meet these expectations that I have for the person I'm looking for? And be honest with yourself. If you can't meet your own expectations, then they are too high. (laughs) And ultimately, you need to narrow down your list. Narrow it down to the top things that your person needs to have. The most important things. And those generally aren't physical stuff. (laughs) Like I mentioned, their respect and love and honor and honesty, those kinds of things are the things you should really be looking for in a relationship. One of my biggest successes that I found in dating and that I'd like to impart to all you good people today is the feelings of the heart are so important. The things that you feel when you're in the moment is more important than the specific details that you remember. And this is super critical for the first few dates and it can continue throughout your relationship because when I would go on these dates, I would have a good time. I would love spending time with these with these girls. And then after we'd be done, I start to think, oh, I didn't really like this. Or she probably didn't like this about me. And I start to get all these doubts and all these things start to come into my heart. And then your friends talk to you about it. And you're like, oh, now I, don't, now I really don't know if this date went really well. But in my heart, I enjoyed it while I was in the moment. It was great. And I liked it so much. And I think those feelings were important. That was myself, you know, really allowing myself to feel how I needed to before my brain came in and did the brain thing. <laughs> it tries to mess you all up and make you feel these diff- different emotions. So one way I think that we can really overcome a lot of these goals, especially with this last one we just talked about, is, like Brianna said, just kind of ditch some of those specifics and just, just focus on you how you feel. When you're with this person, does he make you feel a certain way? Or she. Yeah, he or she, do they make you feel like this certain way that just completes you and makes you feel like there's nobody else that could replace that void? I think it was Elder Bednar who in a a talk, I think it was like a BYU devotional or something, said that any two dedicated members of the church living the gospel can make a marriage work and be happy. And I think that is the perfect way to summarize the answer to this question because Sometimes we just, our lists of our expectations make us so unhappy because we can, we'll never be able to find someone who lives up to every single thing that we want. If we were to list out every single thing we want, like I mentioned, like six foot five, blue eyes, great at basketball, muscular, you know, 
<laughs> doesn't need glasses. I don't know. All the things. Um, must hold the door open for me every single time. Must love his mom. Must have three sisters. I don't know. Must want 10 kids. Whatever we have on our list. Ditch the list. And this time include God on the list of what he needs you to find in a husband. And truly, you are looking for someone who is going to be dedicated to you and support you and compliment your life and be a great spouse and great father or great spouse and great mother. And that's what you need to be looking for. And the lists won't necessarily help you find that. All right, so that's going to wrap up our podcast for today. And we really hope that those of you who asked those questions, that you feel like those questions were answered If they weren't, please reach out to us and expand more on your ideas, and we'll try our best to help answer those questions for you specifically, and of course, anybody else who has questions as well. Continue to send us feedback, continue to listen to the podcast, and we love making content for you, so we'll see you in the next one. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you you next time. time.